Today on episode number 591 of the School of Podcasting, we're doing part two about growing your audience through physical meetups. And we're going to meet Mark the Real Deal today, who has 500 people in his meetup group. He's got a great resource if you're doing interviews. Oh, yeah. And he's making a living with podcasting. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I'm going to bring my 20-plus years of helping people understand technology, and we're going to massage your message. We're going to tackle that technology. We're going to face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to podcasting in the right direction with less headaches. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, and uh, we'll get you going with a little bit of a discount. And I'm going to start off the show today with a clip from the Geologic Podcast. This is uh, George Robb. He's been on the show before. He does the Geologic Podcast. that has nothing to do with rocks. It's all about science, skepticism, and religious morons. He does that too. So if you're a religious person, you're probably not going to like it because George is a skeptic. But George has also been podcasting for a long time, and on episode number 533, he got this question. So this is a segment that he does called Ask George. Ask George. Vibraphonics Geo, as a relatively new podcaster myself, I have a question for someone who's been at it for a while. How far into your show were you when you knew you were onto something or knew it was catching on for the long run? Thanks, Sean. Sean. Still waiting. Oh no, I don't know. It's a that's a that's a very difficult question because it's on such a it's on such a curve. It's like any sort of successful thing. You don't really realize it's. I mean, not that this is successful, but you don't. You know what I mean? You look you look back and you don't realize it's successful until you go all of a sudden. Oh wow, okay, geez, it's been five years, or you know, wow, it's been a hundred shows, or wow, it's been two hundred shows, or wow, it's been five hundred shows. Um, I've told the story before. The first time someone that I didn't know. That was a complete stranger that knew me from the show. That was kind of cool. That was about two years in, maybe. I went to Baltimore and someone kind of knew that I was this podcasting guy. That was really weird and awesome. And has I've never duplicated that quite same feeling since since that time of being recognized by a complete stranger. Not a cousin, not a relative, not a friend of a friend, not an acquaintance, not even someone that knew me from something else. That you know, I know you from the band, I listened to your show, ha, fine. It was a complete, like, we're like two or three strangers in a single room that were just like, oh, you're the podcast thing. So that was cool. Um, you know, I, you never really know you're onto something. You really never really know. And like, part of me still is is waiting and wondering. But uh, it's fine. The important thing, as since you are a podcaster, is to not do it um, in terms of waiting for something. Do it because th- what you are creating week after week or month after month or whatever it may be, whatever your interval of podcasting creation may be, is because you want to make something kind of cool and interesting and fun and you enjoy creating that thing. You have a perspective that someone else doesn't. And you are going to put your spin on whatever topic you may be topicizing about. That's the important thing. Not so much to be like, ah, all right, I've got X number of listeners or I've got this many shows under the belt. Like each show should be as fun and creative and interesting and different and original and unique as you can possibly make it. 
And hopefully over time, when you're being, when you're having a, an honest voice, when you're presenting something that is, I don't know, that is yours, people will realize it and they'll, uh, they'll dig it. They'll dig it. And if they don't, that's okay too, because you're making a thing, which is more than most people. So good luck and continue. And eventually you'll turn around one day and be like, huh, here we are. Cool. How did we get here? I don't know, but we need more sound effects. Ask George. I I listened to that and was like, you know what? I couldn't say that any better. George, this is episode 533 where I got this from. This is a guy that's been doing it for a while and he's being very humble. George is a musician by trade. He plays drums in the Philadelphia Funk Authority. But through his podcast, he's been on this show before because George does different segments. And he doesn't do every segment in every episode, but that way he's always got enough content and it's always kind of familiar. So, in fact, he does one segment where he just calls his mom and has her read Jay-Z lyrics. It's a very interesting, very, George is a very creative guy, very funny guy. And uh, you can find him at George Rob. Com. And the reason I say Hrob is because Hrob is spelled H-R-A-B, georgehrob.com. And I love the fact that he said, you are doing something and so many people aren't. So many people think about doing a podcast and either they plan to plan to think about maybe launching if they do the pre, no, they never make it. You're actually doing something and that's to be celebrated. And I think right now we're kind of in a uh, an area where so many people are planning their launch, my podcast launch. And I'm all about planning. Ooh, I mean, the planning your podcast is probably the longest sessions at the School of Podcasting out of all the courses. I think you really do need to decide why you're getting into podcasting because how are you going to know if you're successful or not? Who you're podcasting to? What do you expect people to do? You know, I think there's a lot to be said about launching, but there is something to be said, and I was doing a podcast last weekend. I do Ask the Podcast Coach. It's a live call-in show at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live every Saturday, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. So if you don't have money for a podcast consultant, it's free. And I was doing it with Randy Cantrell, who does uh, many different shows. Uh, if you go to uh, growgreat.com, uh, he's, he's got great shows. It's, it's uh, for me, it's more of it, it shows that make me think. I always say you got to make me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. Uh, Randy gets me thinking big time. And we were talking about you know different aspects of podcasting. And he said, I think so many podcasters, if this was a farm, we plant the seed and go back the next day to harvest it. And I think that is part of the, the problem. We even heard there where George said it was two years in. Years, not days, not months, not weeks, two years before he went to an event and somebody said, oh, you're the podcast guy. And I think sometimes I I saw somebody do a strategy that made me scratch my head because I think sometimes we forget it's going to take a little while. And they wanted to know how to take the exact same content. If I remember right, they had 18 episodes. And I want to say they'd been doing this for 18 weeks. So what is that? Three months. And they wanted to 
delete everything they had done. They delete themselves out of iTunes, delete everything, and relaunch with a different schedule. Like they were going to do maybe a couple a week instead of one a week or, or two a week or something like that. And to myself, I thought, I, if the content's not good, I don't think the schedule is going to help it. I really don't think in a Netflix society where people can listen to whatever they want, whenever they want with your podcast, I don't think the schedule is the problem unless you're doing one a day and your audience just can't keep up. I've seen audiences do that. I've seen a lot of, pa- a lot of podcasters who can't keep up with that schedule. And uh, I think sometimes we forget in between planting and harvesting, there's watering, fertilizer, and time and sun and rain and things like that. So there's going to be some sunny days. There's going to be some rainy days, and those are both needed to help your podcast grow. So thanks again to George Rob for letting me play that. You can find him at georgerob.com. Next up, Mark needs a wrestling name. Mark Deal. He should be like Mark the Real Deal Deal. But that's too many deals. Mark Deal is a guy, it was funny, when I was at Podcast Movement and I was backstage at the Podcast Awards, Mark was backstage walking and pacing uh, because he was getting ready to go on stage and introduce somebody. And I was backstage pacing and redoing my, and and practicing my, uh, where I got to induct Dan Class into the Podcasters Hall of Fame. I'm just kind of like, I think I know that guy. I think I know that guy. And uh, later, he did the coolest thing. He took an old microphone and turned it into like a, a nightlight. It was really cool. And we're out of the pool with podcast movement. He walks by. We're all looking at it. And it's funny because at the time, I didn't recognize him from the guy backstage. And I saw him in a some sort of Facebook group. And I read how he was running the podcasters meetup in Atlanta, Georgia. And I've heard about this group. I've heard about the Florida Podcaster Society. And uh, there's a couple different pockets. Nashville has a big podcasting area. And uh, I was like, you know what? We're doing this kind of series on growing your audience by having meetups. And I've already talked to David Hooper, and originally I was going to combine David's interview with Mark's, and I listened to them both, and I'm like, you know what? And I was going to make this really long episode, and I was like, no, 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 let's just let these guys shine on their own. And the other thing, but behind the scenes, that's a lot of work. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Well, and I'll just, I've already said, this is going to be something that we occasionally just come back and learn from, and each person has their own, Mark has some great strategies, He's going to talk about a resource he has. If you're a person that does interviews or want to be interviewed, he's got a resource for that. And uh, he's also somebody who's making a living from podcasting, and he'll talk about that. But you can find him if you're in the Atlanta area. Go to meetup.com slash podcast dash Atlanta, or you can find everything that he has at podatl. That's kind of short for Atlanta. So P-O-D atl.com and uh super nice guy and uh mark thanks for coming on the show david thanks you thanks so much for having me yeah you run podcast atlanta 
And uh, I do. So tell us, like, how did that start? And how, well, first of all, how many people are in your group? Uh, we're almost at five hundred. We're going to have a, an event in two weeks, and we'll we'll tip over five hundred leading up to that event. Holy cow! When did this start? About eighteen months ago. Are you kidding me? Well, I will clarify. When I say five hundred, that's the five hundred members within the the meetup group. So uh, not all five hundred of them come at once, <laughs> which is a good thing. So you know we'll get anywhere between twenty five and fifty people at uh, at a single event. Got it. So that cuts down some of the headache there. But yeah, you know managing a group of five hundred people, it's not like in the early days of well a year or so ago when it was only a hundred and you got to know each of them, you know one by one and know what their concerns and their development needs were. And now it's it's pretty big. So luckily, uh, we've built a a leadership team that's taken on different facets of Podcast Atlanta to provide uh, things that members need. Well, let's let's start with uh, what's working. We have a few different event formats. So we have a physical, most of our events are physical meetups. Uh, there's a meet and greets, which is typically like a hangout. We'll do presentations where one person is speaking or panels where a bunch of people are speaking. And then, uh, you know, webinars, obviously, where we'll get somebody from out of town to present to the group and everyone can sit at home. But I found the things that help uh, Podcast Atlanta grow the most is for me to reach out to other conferences and events and even other meetup groups in the area that are tangential or aligned or somewhat associated with uh, with podcasting or could benefit from it. And I'll go out there and do a talk on podcasting. And uh, that's the biggest thing that's grown our group. Nice. Now, you, you said there are some things you've tried that haven't worked. What were those? Yeah. So like, one conference we had, it was a voiceover event here in Atlanta. Uh, I think they had like 700 attendees and I wanted to do like a voiceover drafting event because I thought, well, podcasting and voiceovers, you know, that's going to be a good, uh, you know, segue into into one another. So I spent about a month working with organizers there and come on up with a, like a, a, a podcaster, voiceover artist, mixer, and really not a lot of growth came out of that. Hmm. When you started out, where did you meet up at? Our first event was in a restaurant in the mid-Atlanta area called Atlantic Station. And uh, luckily, we had a a few big-name podcasters in town at the time for another conference. So we did an event there. It went off like uh, like gangbusters. And we did a a couple of uh, those meet-and-greet type events, really no agenda, no presentation. Let's get together and know each other at various different uh, restaurants and hangouts in the the city. So starting off, it was to find a restaurant that had a private back room. You could shut the door so it was quiet. Uh, They could seat about 50 people in, in a back room. Luckily, there was a TV and stuff. So when we got to show the the messengers documentary, we had a, a nice facility to do that. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, where we started was in restaurants, and and those are good for you know hangouts and meet and greets and those sort of um, kind of casual meetups. Yeah, yeah. informal events um, and where you can just kind of hang out and and get to know each other. But you know, podcasters and and want to be podcasters want a little bit more. So that's when you start doing the presentations and panel discussions. In your in our notes here, when we were talking earlier, you said in a way running an event is a little bit like like podcasting and, and in some ways and in some ways it's not. What did you mean by that? Well, when I started it, I thought I would treat it like a podcast. And that was, you know, be regular, be consistent, show up and uh, and be approachable. And I also thought that meant, well, let's have 
events at regular times. So for us, starting off, it was the second Wednesday of each month. And I thought that consistency, like a podcast, would help grow the group. And it certainly did help uh, to get you know more people to sign up for the group and to come to some of the events. But as we evolved, you find out that people join and they want to come to the events. But if you always have it on Wednesday night and they can't make it on Wednesday night, well, you never get them. Unlike a podcast, obviously, you can consume whenever. So it's reassuring to know that your favorite episode is available on a, on a Monday morning and you can consume it later. Well, events, uh, you're either there or you're not. So now we're starting to learn how to be a little bit different from a podcast and to be a little bit more uh, flexible on some of our venues of where we meet and some of our times and days uh, when we meet. How do you go about picking a location? Well, I would say for someone that is starting a meetup to pick a location and a time that's convenient for you. If you're the organizer, if you're putting everything together, quite honestly, make it easy for yourself because there's going to be lots of other headaches and things and logistics you're going to be dealing with. Uh, so don't make the location and the time uh, so incredibly difficult for you. If you put on a good event, people will show up. I mean, we have people, obviously, Atlanta is in Georgia, you know, we have people from Alabama and Tennessee that come to some of our events because we put on really good events. So I would say make it easy for yourself. Pick something that is somewhat centrally located to you uh, to get to and, and then go from there. That being said, some of the locations that Podcast Atlanta uses are centrally located to me, but not so easy for our members. And Atlanta is known for its traffic. Uh, so now we're looking for other locations and we've got some really cool strategies in place to you know, have three-way win strategies with certain venues in our group and, and, uh, and as well as independent podcasters. I know um, you're using Meetup. So if you go to meetup.com slash podcast dash Atlanta, you know, that's where you can see your group. And if you want to join for that, how do you go about, because at, at a certain point, I think it's what, 20 people, you have to start paying for your group and things like that. Do you do anything financially to help keep the, the group going? Yeah, uh, I think it's 50 or maybe okay. it's 100 people and then you have to pay. So uh, obviously we're, we're paying. You know, I would look at different ways in which to raise funds. You at least want your uh, event group to self-sustain. I'm not saying turn it into something that's highly profitable that is going to, you know, replace your your day job because that's not going to be it. I mean, even, you know, the big national conferences uh, and podcast movements taken a few years uh, for it to, you know, really get off the ground because all the money that they raise really goes into events. That's kind of what Meetup is like. So we do that through individual partnerships, some joint ventures, maybe a couple of affiliates, and as well as a podcast, we do sponsorships. Nice. Do you have any meeting that you've had that stood out more than another that you're like, oh, we need to do more of that? Well, one of my favorites was when we had uh, Gordon Firemark, uh, an attorney out in Hollywood, California, uh, flew to Atlanta to give a, a talk to our group on legal podcasting tips to cover your butt. And it was great because, you know, Gordon is like the podcasting attorney, the entertainment attorney has, you know, all the all the answers. And to have him come and talk to our group was, uh, you know, really a highlight for me. Nice. Now, did you chip in on his airfare or anything or did he just do that out of his own pocket? Because he's a great guy. Yeah, we we worked something out. OK, I was going to say because <laughs> holy cow. And he is a great guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. How do you decide if it's going to be open Q&A and just everybody networking or versus a presentation? Is that something that's, is there a schedule for that or is it just kind of? 
there is our format that, well, what we found works for us is it's a two-hour event. So the first 15 minutes is just an open kind of networking mixer as well as, you know, wait for people to battle Atlanta traffic, which, by the way, while they're in traffic, we tell them, hey, listen to a few podcasts from uh, local Atlanta podcasters and we'll give them some links to those shows. No. Uh, so they have something to listen to while they're in traffic. But yeah, so the first 15 minutes is just really an open format. And then I'll get up there and I'll do a little two minute, five minute spiel on Podcast Atlanta, uh, the event we have coming up, what's coming down the the pipe. There's any type of sponsorship messages. Those will be delivered then. Uh, and then I introduce the speaker and the speaker will talk for uh, about an hour. And then I get to come on as a, as the bad guy and, uh, you know, kind of cut it from there. Uh, open it up to about 15 minutes of uh, of Q&A and then allow 15 minutes of, uh, again, open networking for people, which, as you can imagine, uh, typically people want to crowd the, the speaker to get some one-on-one follow-ups. You mentioned the, the kind of networking with other like-minded meetups. How often do you do a, a meetup? We have an event at least once a month, sometimes okay. twice a month, because something will come up that is just so great. We have to to capture. What are you doing since you meet once a month? What are you doing in between meetings to kind of keep the communication going? Oh, that is huge. Uh, so resources between events are the number one thing that our members are asking for. So we have a, a closed Facebook group, just like a lot of meetup groups, as well as a lot of podcasts have their own Facebook groups. And that's where you know members can ask questions and interact and, and things like that. Uh, you know, we also developed a, a, a website to where we can put some of the videos and links to resources and have, you know, some other things up uh, that, well, the meetup infrastructure really doesn't support. Yeah, I was going to say, I know there are some tools for, you know, different forums and things of that on uh, meetup.com. But are you finding kind of like I do that a Facebook group just seems to be where everybody is already and getting people over to meetup is is just kind of a chore? Agreed. Yeah, meetup is great for what it was developed for, but it can also be pretty hard to do things that, uh, well, it's not its core competency. Like you can do polls on meetup, uh, but I don't get as much interaction with polls as I do on Facebook group and polls are important to the planning of our events. You know, we ask people what they want to learn and, you know, we, we do polls on that. And then based off of the, the topics that they want to hear about, we, we ask some feedback questions on like, oh, what specifically do you want to know? And those turn into the talking points that we'll give to uh, give to a speaker and say, Hey, you know, our group wants to hear about this. Uh, here are the three sub items that they want to, uh, you know, discover and, and learn about, you know, t- take it away. Yeah, Meetup makes it pretty hard for that. Plus, Meetup has its own built-in email service provider, you know, email your members. But right. it's not as full featured as a typical, well, email marketing platform that most of us are used to. What's the average length of a meeting for you? Two hours. Here's an example of something that uh, at Podcast Atlanta, we do things different uh, from a lot of different cities. And I know a little bit about uh, the meetups in, in various different cities and see how they do things. And, and we've run stuff a little bit different. But uh, the reason I segue into this is we're going to have a three-hour event in December, and it's going to be like a professional headshot party. Oh, uh, nice. I forgot the the tagline that somebody came up with, but like a, a podcaster pro photo party, something like that. That's going to be a three-hour event. Uh, where it's an open hangout, meet and greet, but also people can book 15-minute sessions with the photographer to get their headshots done. And the great thing about that is, you know, we're we're getting a, a very high-quality uh, photographer that does headshots for, you know, stage speakers. 
and uh, you know we're able to you know get that photographer well honestly less than uh, than half the the, the price that uh, they would normally charge and a little bit of that money is also going to go back to podcast Atlanta so that's another idea on how you can come up with win wins. Uh, to feed the financial uh, resources of your group, as well as give good resources uh, to your members. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because headshots are not, uh, they're not cheap typically, depending on where and how you're getting them and things like that. So that's a great idea. And who doesn't need a new headshot? Exactly. Uh, You know, the worst that can happen is a, a podcaster like David Jackson could reach out to you and say, hey, I want you on your show. Give me a headshot. You flip open your phone and like, oh, but well, here's a picture I took with you a couple of weeks ago. That should be good enough. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, <laughs> I hope you leave that in the show, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's transition a little bit. Any any other things before we get off of uh, meetup groups? Because I know you got something else going with uh, podcast guest experts. So before we do that, uh, anything else we should hit about uh, meetups before we run away from that topic? Look to see if there's a meetup group within your area. If there is, get involved. If uh, if it's kind of faded, like pod fading, you know, there's meetup fading, uh, you know, contact the organizer and see if you can uh, you can take it over. But then, you know, start to to grow the the meetup by hosting events that are easy for you in both subject matter, location, and time. But once you start reaching a certain size, you really got to get the the group involved and ask them what they want. You know, now Podcast Atlanta has 500 members. We're getting into segmenting our events. So instead of just having, you know, an event every month, now we're being a little bit more strategic in, in a quarter, uh, you know, three months in a quarter, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll segment the talks into a beginning talk and a, and a growth uh, talk and a, and a professional talk. So people at different various stages of podcasting can know which event to go to. Nice. That's a great problem to have when you got to start segmenting. That's uh, well, tell me about podcast guest experts. Yeah. So podcast guest experts was something I put together quite honestly, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's just a, a Facebook group to where I trying to connect podcasters with expert guests. And, uh, you know, it was a passion I had, it really resulted from a bad podcast interview that I personally had a little while back. And I thought about the situation. I was like, you know, I've been doing podcasts myself and being a guest on other people's shows for, for years. You know, how is it that I had a bad interview? And, you know, this happens to, to even people like me. So I imagine someone who wants to come off as a, you know, a, a well-articulated guest expert on a show may have similar challenges. So yeah, I put that Facebook group together to be uh, another you know free resource to where, you know, podcasters uh, as well as guest experts can you know, be great on either side of the interview. How do you stop that from being just a giant spam fest? Oh, rules, <laughs> uh, rules and moderators. Uh, it just started a couple of weeks ago, so it's still pretty small under, under a hundred people. But, uh, you know, there's another group that, uh, I'm an admin on the podcast editors club. And now we have about 1200 people in that group. And it's been growing, uh, for about nine months, but luckily, uh, the very active members, will police uh, the spammers. So if somebody new comes on and uh, decides to spam, if you don't catch it, you know, one of uh, one of the other people will, will catch it and report it and you can quickly, uh, quickly remove it. Nice. As well as, you know, with Facebook groups, I think having uh, now you can add screening questions. So adding a couple of screening questions, not only will tell people like, hey, uh, we're not going to tolerate any spammers here, 
but also allows you to get a little bit of engagement. So like one of my screening questions are, hey, are you going to introduce yourself to the group? <laughs> Obviously, that's like a yes or no question, but it lets them know that, hey, if you're joining this group, I want you to introduce yourself. So who is that for? Is that for people that have a, is it for both the, the guest and somebody who has a podcast or what? Yeah, podcast guest experts is really focused on one podcasters that have an interview based show. And we don't want them to pod fade. We want them to have better interviews and better guest experts. So it's tailored uh, for those people as well as the guest experts, the people like, uh, well, my job is I interview attorneys on various different podcasts. So I, that's my skill. I, I know how to make uh, you know, attorneys sound great on interviews, even if I can't sound great uh, myself <laughs> on some interviews. So really, it's to get uh, those guest experts, whether it's uh, attorneys or CPAs or uh, an email marketer or uh, a podcaster uh, like yourself, uh, you know, to, to give them a, a venue to where or an outlet to where they can get on people's shows. Without going through, you know, there's other services out there. Uh, and as you go to the various podcast podcasting conferences, you'll see more and more pop up at exhibit halls. And those concierge services are great, but, you know, one size doesn't fit all. And this was my way of kind of putting together a resource that fills out, we'll, we'll say the bottom of the pyramid. Just go to podcastguestexperts.com and that'll redirect you to the Facebook group. You know, since you're here for a, a talking about meetups, you know, I usually have because of my podcast. Do you have a because of my podcast meetup story? <laughs> I do. I have a, a few because of my podcast meetup stories. One is, you know, being the organizer, I can sit back and watch the the connections that people have. Uh, there have been obviously guests that come on other people's shows within the city, as well as people helping out to launch. Uh, you know, there's extra equipment and microphones and mixers and interfaces that people have lent or sold or, or even given to other people to help them out with their show. So it's been nice to be the, the catalyst to, to bring that uh, together. And for myself, I've had access to, you know, podcasting resources that I probably wouldn't have uh, had access to. And, and just recently, David, the uh, the other day, the local city organization, they're building a, a brand new library cultural center. It's like 26,000 square feet. It's, a, it's $11 million facility. They have teen spaces and recording spaces, uh, you know, video recordings and these music rooms. Apparently somebody mentioned podcasting and, you know, quick Google search, you know, my name came up. So they're inviting me to to go out there to make sure that uh, this new facility is is podcast ready. They're hoping to have uh, three or not, uh, yeah, three or four uh, podcast studios. But, you know, my bar is perhaps a little bit higher than, say, a, a local civil servant. So that'll be interesting. Well, yeah, I, it's funny you say that. I was just talking with some guys from Detroit. They run Podcast Detroit and they had right. the same thing where a company decided to put together a podcast room and it was all glass. Like the whole thing was just water. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's funny. And yeah, I know the guys behind uh, Podcast uh, uh, Detroit. Um, and one of the things that they do with their meetup is their meetup is centered around their their podcast network and their studios. And and somebody mentioned to me the other day, it's like, well, why doesn't Podcast Atlanta do that? Uh, so I like to take our weaknesses, you know, or take our lemons and turn them into lemonade. You know, we have all these co-working spaces around here. And if you go into any of them and say, hey, do you have a room for podcasting? They'll take you into a similar room where it's all glass. 
you know, they have a nice big table, a TV on the wall with a webcam on top of it. And you're like, great. Yeah, I can't record a podcast in here. Uh, so we're actually working on a, a, a podcast studio certification where we'll be reaching out to the various co-working spaces in and around the city to come up with a podcast studio that reaches, well, you know, our high level of expectations. And if they can do that, then they'll get listed on our website because we constantly have people within the community as well as traveling into Atlanta saying, where can I record my podcast? And we haven't had a good consistent answer to that. So we're going to make one. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to be an idea that I don't think would have flown five years ago, but it seems like there are more little studios popping up and you just go in and rent some time or whatever. I know I just found out that the, uh, the local Akron, Ohio library in downtown has some sort of podcast room and I'm dying to go see what it is. Cause I'm, I'm assuming like you, it's probably granite floors or hardwood <laughs> floors and, and glass and no carpet. It'll be fun to see. Yeah. My big thing, since it sounds like this particular facility that I've been invited to, they have, uh, they have an eye, or I should say an ear for acoustics. So I imagine there's some sound baffling, but, you know, I'm going to get on to the, the broadcast level microphones, not so much music microphones, as well as I'm sure you've dealt with this in, in many other uh, places, a hardwired Internet connection. Yeah. Don't rely on Wi-Fi <laughs> for a podcast interview. And if you've got something you're going to call a podcast studio there better be an RJ45 outlet in the wall that I can, you know, plug up my stuff for if I'm doing an interview-based interview. Yeah. I'm not going to rely on Wi-Fi. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking earlier about the guys from from Podcast Detroit, and when I was talking to them about their meetups, uh, and like you said, those are central around their network, there seems to well, – I don't want to say a lot, but they have alcohol at their events. Do you have alcohol at your events? At our meet and greets, sure, certainly. Yeah. Um I personally don't drink alcohol at our events because, well, I, I love beer, but I figure if I'm hosting it, I want to at least be, uh, you know, somewhat sober for it. Right. Yeah. So our meet and greets, uh, I don't uh, preclude anyone from drinking or encourage anyone uh, uh, to drink. At our uh, presentations and panels, no, there's no alcohol. And we, we clearly list that. Right. Different, different time, different atmosphere. Exactly. Got it. So obviously we're talking a lot about meetup.com because it's kind of the the grandpa of meetups, but uh, there are other places that you can do stuff like that. So what other platforms are you using? Well, our very first event was on Eventbrite. And for a couple of years, I used Eventbrite to do events. And I thought it was great. Uh, you know, obviously you can charge uh, charge money for for your events. And people on that platform are used to paying. It's like having a product on Amazon. You know, people already have their cards out. So Eventbrite was great for that. Plus, Eventbrite will give you uh, the email addresses for the people that sign up. And, and meetup.com does not. You know, that having been said, I wanted to do a little bit more, uh, you know, more regular, more frequent. I wanted some interactions uh, on Eventbrite. People can't comment on, on an event. And I wanted comments. I wanted to start the conversation early uh, before, before events. So, so meetup uh, more match that. So after our first podcast Atlanta event, uh, I think we had like 77 people sign up. Uh, we went over to, uh, to meetup.com, basically started from, uh, from scratch and then built up a, uh, a group from there. But uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, you know, they're taking on everything. And obviously you can do events in Facebook. And if someone, you know, whether it's a, a, a group, uh, you know, an event uh, around podcasting or say you have a podcast and you want to do events to support your podcast, 
which I think are, are both worthy causes to get people together and celebrate, right? But uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, it was a closed Facebook group. I, I like closed Facebook groups. So you can do this through open as well. But yeah, you can create a, an event in, in Facebook and that will, you can automatically say, hey, send this out to, you know, invite everybody within the group. Uh, and then, you know, from there, you can have like times and locations, possibly even, you know, links on where to register. You know, Facebook doesn't process payments like Eventbrite and, and Meetup does, uh, but you could always, you know, use Facebook to supplement. And honestly, that's what I've been doing lately. At first, I didn't do Facebook events because I wanted people to sign up through through Meetup because uh, I wanted to prove our uh, our attendance numbers, uh, it is sponsors and and the growth through you know the open stats that are on Meetup.com. But then I just you know we started getting so big that it didn't really matter, and I I adopted a, a more the merrier uh, mentality. So now I'll do an event on Meetup, and then I'll basically create that event again in our Facebook group and uh, create the event and invite everybody out. Now, I've had some problems with private Facebook groups where I will go into the group and say, invite this person by email and they don't get the email. How are you bringing people into a private group? Well, I link our Facebook group to our meetup page. So when you come up, when you create a meetup group, you can have links. So I've got a link to our website, podatl.com. I've got a link to Twitter, but it's not a Twitter handle. It's actually our hashtag on Twitter, uh, hashtag podatl. So if somebody clicks on a little Twitter icon, they'll get the the latest tweet feed. So essentially anybody that tweets to that, uh, the person listening to this show could tweet to that. And then, you know, people, it'll pop on, uh, on those people's feeds. And then the Facebook icon, instead of linking to a Facebook uh, page or profile, I link it to a closed Facebook group. And then I started letting people know, because I started the meetup group before the Facebook group, I let people know like, hey, you know, we had a great event, but if you want to keep this conversation going, bring it on over to Facebook. And so we started growing the Facebook group from there. Now, do you use a separate email service then, or do you still use the one in Meetup? For Podcast Atlanta, no. Yeah. I, I I just use what's in, uh, in in Meetup. I've been trying not to mix the waters with right. uh, Podcast Atlanta, my other like, you know, podcasting activities. I, I make a living from podcasting. Uh, I tell people I make, a li- you know, money from podcasting, not podcasters. Uh, I do Podcast Atlanta as a way to give back because the medium has given so much to me that I want to, you know, give back to uh, to the medium as well as podcasters. And honestly, I would love for Atlanta to be known as, you know, the number one city for podcasting. You know, we have the second largest uh, podcast network based in Atlanta. And I think with some of the ideas that we have with Podcast Atlanta, how we're going to do events a bit differently, how we're going to be doing strategic relationships a bit differently. Uh, we've had tremendous growth, but I think 2018 is going to be off the charts. And you just said something that caught everybody's attention. You said, I make uh, a living in podcasting. So how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I uh, I produce podcasts. So uh-huh. uh, branded and co-branded shows uh, for law firms. You are. Yeah, that's that seems to be the thing. People are like, how do I make money with a podcast? And I'm like, do what you did. Get behind, you know, as a producer who knows how to, you know, do you ed- edit the audio or do you farm that out and you're kind of the the foreman that manages the whole process? Well, I don't like to use the term foreman. <laughs> but uh, no, I have an editor. In fact, uh, Steve Stewart, terrific editor. Yes. In fact, he started the Podcast Editors Club and got me to be like the second member because you need two people to to start a Facebook group. Yes. And that group is now over like 1,200 uh, 
you know, podcast editors. And I love and I appreciate the heck out of podcast editors because I know what it takes to do it. And I just know that I don't have the time or patience to do it anymore. Uh, but interacting with professional podcast editors, you can tell that they they have the love for it. So, yeah, um, Steve Stewart, great guy, edits, uh, edits my shows. I've uh, got a couple of writers. Essentially, I hop in the microphone. Uh, I'll talk with the, 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 the guests, the host, the co-host. Uh, move the conversation along, create some live edit points, uh, you know, for the for the editor. And then once the show is done, I'll give the raw audio to the editor. I'll give the raw audio to the writer to write up the show notes and uh, just do the the rest from there. And I'll do that for shows that either are uh, under a co-brand between a couple of different entities or owned by a third entity. And I'm working on some, well, distributed branded shows like the Georgia Legal Podcast and, and a few other states. Uh, still working out the revenue model for that. But luckily, I know the process and I know uh, I, I know the market. So it'll happen. So are these shows that you're hosting or are you just basically managing the the technology for these people? Originally, I thought I would just manage the technology for these people and put it together. But what I've heard is like, no, Mark, we love your voice. And uh, forgive me if uh, somebody who listens to my shows knows who I was imitating. <laughs> but uh, yeah, people want me on the microphone because it, it, I guess I'm like a teddy bear. And like, well, we know if you're here on the microphone, the the show will go well. So even if my voice isn't on the actual uh, produced audio, uh, I'm essentially like a, a live studio guy, whether I'm a, a co-host or a host or just the producer behind the scenes that the end user doesn't hear. There you go. One-stop shop. I can do it all. <laughs> I, can do it. <laughs> I, I basically do what's on the microphone and then I, I have great people that do the rest. <laughs> nice. Excellent. All right, my man. Well, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is this has been great, man. I can't wait to share share this episode. <laughs> Super nice guy. You can find him again, podatl.com. That's short for obviously podcast Atlanta. Podatl.com. The other thing he said after we had shut off the microphone, if you're looking to start a meetup group or some sort of group, uh feel free to reach out to him. He'd be happy to help kind of coach you on how to launch a meetup group. And I realized that in in our case, we're talking about, for me, I run the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup. Find that at neopodcasters.com. And he does the one in Atlanta. And those are groups about podcasting. But realize you could be using this to do, you know, a, a meetup group about Star Trek. You could do a meetup group about medical students. You could do a meetup group about cancer patients. You could do a meetup group for whatever. And by doing that, what it allows you to do is, number one, see your target audience face-to-face. People have asked me, why do you do the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup? That's basically just free consulting. And I go, number one, I get to see people face-to-face. So if I explain something, I can see if it makes sense or not because I can see their expression. Where right now, if I explain something to you, I don't know if you got it or not. I get feedback, but I get that instant feedback. And plus, it's just a a deeper, faster, quicker connection. And I myself personally have uh, been able to get on TV from my Northeast Ohio podcasters meetup group. Matt does the Author Inside You podcast. You can find that at theauthorinsideyou.com. 
and he works for a local station and they needed a podcast guru and they, he said, hey, I know this guy. So you never know who you're going to meet. And I've had people, we had somebody who does a marketing firm. There's a lot of networking that goes on. And so when you get your tribe together, right, your audience, magical things can happen. So that's why we're doing these different series. And uh, I know I have some more people, uh, Corey Finneran, uh, Darren Dake have said, hey, I got some insight. So this might be something that we just from time to time, I'm not going to do it too frequently because I don't want you guys going, oh, here we go again with that topic. But this is something that everybody's bringing different perspectives from. And if I see where everybody's saying the same thing, I wouldn't do this. But we're getting new strategies from each person. So uh, again, thanks to Matt finding at podatl.com. Don't forget, you have homework, being that this is the School of Podcasting. I need these by November 20th, 2017. Two questions, because the first one will be doing on the 27th, but I need this by the 20th. First question is, what are you going to be doing differently in 2018? Because that is right around the corner. Isn't that scary? And then the other one, again, I need this by November 20th, 2017 is the infamous question that I do the last week, the last episode of the year is always my favorite podcast is, and you can only pick one. And yes, I know it's hard to pick one. It's even hard for me. I've been thinking about this question. I'm like, Hmm, I have a couple, but it should be something like, hi, this is Dana. So-and-so from the such and such and such show where we such and such and such and such. And my favorite podcast is the yada, yada, yada show. And this is the big thing at yada, yada, yada.com. You need to know where it is, what it's about. It's where they talk about yada and yada. And then why do you like them? The way they talk about yada is like nobody else. And I just, it makes me laugh, cry, think, groan, yada, 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 and um, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why they're my favorite show of the year. So it's what's your favorite podcast? You can only pick one. Uh, Where are they at? What is it about? And then why is it your favorite? And then, of course, be sure to mention your podcast in your tagline as well. Need those by November 20th. And what's really fun is I record this on uh, November 5th is I'm pretty sure I'm getting a cold, which is not good because this weekend I'll be traveling to Washington, D.C. for dcpodfest.com. This is a, a fun Intimate, but great people. Man, this is one of the best run events in terms of just fun and creative people. And uh, it's just, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, that is this weekend. Then if we go to 2018, February 8th through the 10th, podfest.us. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. I am celebrating my birthday at that event. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Podfest.us. And then last but not least, February 28th through March 2nd, out in sunny San Diego, Social Media Marketing World. This is the first time I've gone to this event, and I've heard so much about it. The opening night is on an aircraft carrier. If you're interested in this and you want to do more than podcasting, this is podcasting. It's obviously social media marketing. That's what it's about. And I, from what I understand, it's just one of the top events. I'm very excited to be leading a panel there. Check it out, schoolofpodcasting.com slash SMMW. Get it, social media marketing world. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash SMMW. So that is going to do it. The last thing I guess I should pimp on my way out the door, 
obviously, if you want to start a podcast, I would love to help you. That's what I do. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start and use the coupon code listener. But what if you want just a little more attention? Podcasting in six weeks dot com is a course that is starting in January 2018, which again is right around the corner where we're going to meet every Saturday for six weeks. And at the end, by the end of February, you will be in iTunes. You'll be in Stitcher. You'll be in Google Play Music. You'll be everywhere where great podcasts are consumed with a podcast going in the right direction with the right equipment that you didn't have to mortgage the house for. Check out, again, either one, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start if you're interested more in the self-paced world or podcastinginsixweeks.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to meeting anyone if you're going this weekend, dcpodfest.com. In the future, we have great Because of My Podcast stories. If you have one, if you can answer that question, Because of My Podcast, I wouldn't be able to do this any other way, blank. Feel free to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. So we've got those coming. We've got another How to Leave Money on the Table session with Jessica Coverman and whatever else you would like to talk about on the School of Podcasting. Stay tuned. You can always go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash iTunes and subscribe to the show in the Apple Podcast app or go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Android and subscribe on the app of your choice. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Take care.